0: He's the man of the year. He's the pastor of the year. Right here. Not a lot of people can say that. <laughs> All right. Not a lot of people want to say that. <laughs> All right, would you join with me in a word of prayer? Father, we thank you for uh, the privilege that you give us to come into your presence and, and into your courts with thanksgiving and praise, Lord. And we believe it to be true that we are in your presence. Jesus, you promised that where, whenever we gather together in your name, that you are there in the midst of us. And so we honor your presence. And I, I just ask that this morning I'd be able to communicate uh, what you want to communicate um, uh, to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, open our hearts, our minds, uh, 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 our lives, our eyes to your Word. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, there's a... Famous guy, uh, songwriter, singer. I kind of like him. His name is James Taylor. Anybody ever heard of JT? All right. Anybody anybody like JT? Come on. He's the man. All right. There's not enough hands up. You like James Taylor? All right. I know. I'm getting old. (laughs) But one of his songs is The Secret to Life is Enjoying the Passing of Time. Actually, it's, it's a it's a line that I, I really like. I really love that song. and I think he has some wisdom in it. And even someone who's a non-believer, I don't know where he is in his relationship with God. Um, I've never met him. never talked to him personally. But he <laughs> uh, sings <seems> great songs. <laughs> Anyways, it brought that to mind as I went to a bank I normally don't go to. And, and the teller had that quote on a little plaque next to her uh, her little uh, bank teller window. and And then... There's a few other lines, so I, I basically started quoting the whole song to her. <laughs> she didn't quite know how to react. <laughs> but the secret to life is enjoying the passing of time. And uh, it really is true in that how we, how we relate to our life uh, and how we get through life, it's all about uh, managing time, not, not from a business kind of like time management perspective, but realizing that uh, we're given a certain amount of time. Uh, and, and, and how we use that time, it really, that is our life. And uh, there's one thing that's constant with every individual on planet Earth, is that everyone's given 24 hours each day. You know? Now one person may live five years, another person may live 50 years, another person may live 100 years. And that changes. <clears throat> but every, every day starts out, every, every, everybody starts out the day with the same amount of time. And so how we use that time really, really is significant. Let me quote another individual (coughs) who's even older than James Taylor. (laughs) But he's gone on. His name is Paul. Paul, I don't know, what was Paul's last name? The Apostle Paul? Paul Tarsus. Okay, there you go. (laughs) Uh, Ephesians 5, verse 14 uh, through 21, I'm going to read it from three different translations. It says, therefore, he says, "Awake!" As he, Paul's quoting the Old Testament. "Awake, you who sleep; arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light." See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, because the days are evil. And that's the key phrase we want to key into: is, is this idea of redeeming the time. And he goes on and elaborates what that means. He says, Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let me read the same passage from the New Living Translation. A little more contemporary, a little easier to understand. It says, "...for the light makes everything visible." Don't you love those real deep revelations? Light makes things visible. Do I need to elaborate on that? No. (laughs) No. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, "Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light." So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but li- but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, redeeming the time. Make the most of every opportunity. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, or beer, or whiskey, or other intoxicants, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And then then I'm going to read it one more time. Really want you to get this. This is from the message, which uh, is a, a translation uh, uh, very recently done and kind of gets a little more descriptive in his phrasing. Based on the same Greek text, Ephesians chapter five, fourteen, in the message: "Wake up from your sleep, climb out of your coffins." Isn't that a good picture? Yes. "Climb out of your coffin." Christ will show you the lights. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. Make the most of every chance you get. This really goes with Bill's word, by the way, I thought was I thought Bill's word was sermon enough for today. <laughs> you know, if you get that, but that's what it is. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinking. Make sure you understand what the master wants. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Anybody say amen? Amen. Amen. cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge drafts of Him. Another round of Jesus. Drink Him up. Another round of the Holy Spirit. Joy of the Lord. Drink it up. Drink it up. Sing hymns instead of drinking songs. Sing songs from your heart to Christ. Sing praises over everything. Any excuse for a song to God the Father in the name of our Master Jesus Christ. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. And so this idea of redeeming the time affects our relationship with ourselves, it affects our relationship with God, it affects our relationship with one another. It really is. Key to uh, you know it's the secret of life is enjoying the passing of time is, is, is understanding to live your life to live your time to redeem your time and honor that and respect that the amplified uh translates that same that verse 16 uh, as making the very most of the time are you making the most of your time or are you wasting time? Because we're all given the same amount of time each day. Buying up, it says amplified. Buying up each opportunity. Because the idea of with redeeming is it's something that you had that was lost or taken away, and to redeem something is to re- get it back to you. And 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 the Bible and God is exhorting, saying, Don't lose it. Redeem it. Claim it back do what you have to do live wisely so that those minutes are not wasted are not uh, uh, dissipated they don't uh, end up being fruitless redeem the time live life like it matters because it really does well in the context of of that we just kind of want to look back back over 2009 and I'm going to real quickly go through each month and just mention a highlight Uh, I didn't take a lot of time to come up with this list I'm sure there's lots of things I missed But, um, you know, January started out and we began the year of kidding and so you know i had no idea what it was gonna gonna turn out to be but i think it's been a blast it's been a lot of fun and um another thing that happened in uh, uh january and the reason i include some of these i'm actually gonna there's three or four of them throughout this list is uh, activities that i've done in my role in our association of churches which is international association of churches called partners in harvest i happen to be in the leadership team and and because we've uh, planted a number of churches over the last few years, successfully sent out daughter churches, uh, they asked me to come and teach for a week. We had a school. Uh, it was like we, the schedule we set up. The schedule It was like 12 hours every day. We were like, "Who? What were we thinking?" <laughs> it was nonstop classes from morning to night, uh, and had about 50, uh, a little over 50, 55, I think, participants. And of those participants, 20, almost 25 churches have been started just since january as a fruit and that's that's yeah it's amazing and it's not just a fruit of me it because because of you i'm able to do that all right and so really we we as a church share uh in in that and it's just creating a lot of momentum so lots of cities uh over almost 25 different churches in d- different cities and different nations all over the world uh have been influenced by you through me isn't that great I think it's cool. So February, uh, I taught the series on the Pathway of, uh, of God. I'm going to mention a couple of series just because a lot of people seem to be impacted significantly by it, and was blessed by it. Uh, so that kind of started off the year with that emphasis. And then we sent out uh, the Borsma family, who happened to have been here just last week, Dave and Amy and their kids, to help with our church plant <clears throat> down in uh, South Carolina. Uh, and that was a celebration. Uh, and, and that they were able to go help, but it was also, you know, sending away someone, uh, a family that we loved dearly. Again, in February, I had a, a Partners in the Harvest uh, uh, Leaders Gathering, and we tried to set this up in the middle of summer for the Upper Peninsula and Northern Michigan area because there's tons of small churches up there, and nobody ever goes up there and gives them any support because they're they're so spread out. And uh, a few years ago, God really put my put that on my heart, and so I've been doing events. <clears throat> we couldn't get it scheduled during the summer and finally i said let's just do it in february and i was like what do you guys do in february anyway And they're like we don't do anything <laughs> you know because it's like snow it's like they have snowed like that deep and uh, i said well let's do it in february see what happens and they were like okay and uh, uh to our great surprise 70 pastors turned out i was hoping for 15 seriously you know uh some drove uh over six hours <clears throat> just to receive a meeting. And, and during the meeting, started at 10 o'clock, got done at 5. Uh wasn't snowing when we parked. When we came out, there was over a foot of snow in our cars. And it snowed all the way home. took Kathy and I almost nine hours to get home. So uh, <coughs> that was fun. All right. <laughs> Did that in February in March? We announced uh, the uh, South Carolina uh, Matching Fund uh, fundraiser. Uh And challenge people to raise money for that. Just got that going. Um, Pastor Mitko. How many remember Mitko from... Pastor Mitko from Bulgaria. All right. He better never hear me say that. I hope he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I love Pastor Miko. He's going to be back again this March. Uh, did some baptisms. I can't remember who we baptized, but we baptized people. Uh, and then we also prayed and sent out Paul and Camille, uh, some of you uh, may remember them. They were here just for a, about a year, but they really got knit in and were blessed. But he retired, and then they moved out to Colorado. And uh, they visited just a few weeks ago as well. In April was the actual uh, launch of our daughter church in South Carolina, New Day, South Carolina, with uh, Scott and Stephanie Jones as pastor. Uh, They'd been down there for a while, but that was a grand opening of their church, which is doing great, Uh, uh, doing really good. They're growing. Kathy and I, along with our kids, uh, went down to uh, be part of the grand opening service, and it was a lot of fun. It looks like the McCaig's aren't here at all today, but another big event that happened in April is that Graham McCaig turned 30. Finally, finally. It was about time everybody else... That's kind of an inside joke. (coughs) I hope Graham listens to that. (laughs) <laughs> we also concluded the fundraiser for uh, New Day, South Carolina. Our original goal was to raise $8,000, $4,000 to raise with another 4000 in matching funds. But we actually ended up raising over $14,000. So we raised uh, over $10,000, added the $4,000 that was pledged, and so was able to give them a very, very generous gift of over 14000 Well done, church. <clears throat> May, we had the men's retreat when... Um, Bill and Al <laughs> went swimming. Bill, Bill, Al, and Jerry? Oh, really? All three. <laughs> in, in West Virginia, and the rest of them went boating, and I wasn't a part of that, but <clears throat> I heard they had fun, especially going up the mountain to get the yeah, I admin. Uh, and then I did another pastor's retreat in Muskegon, and really building momentum within our association of churches within this region. In fact, uh, the international coordinator says, this is one of the healthiest uh regions because uh, so many there's a lot of growth happening in Michigan. god's favor has been uh poured out in <clears throat> june um personal goal i just want to share some of you may know this many of you don't is that i ride a bicycle don't laugh uh you would if you saw me <laughs> but i uh, several years ago i started uh Uh, I had this goal of riding the entire coastline of the Lower Peninsula. And I was able to make it from here to Alpena, but then something came up and I had to come back. And I never finished it. Well, this year I was able to finish it, uh, um, actually completed the the part from uh, Michigan City uh, up to South Haven and then went from Alpena to Port Huron, uh, 300 miles in four days. And so I've ridden the entire coastline, the road closest to the lake of the entire Lower Peninsula. So it was fun. <laughs> Boom, baby! I did it. It's almost a thousand miles. Was that? Thank you. I receive it. I receive it. Yeah, there you go. So I own it. I own it. I've ridden it. What else happened uh, in June? We had our first Serve Sunday, uh, celebrating the different opportunities that you can get involved in ministry. Had Al and Nancy got married? That was kind of special wasn't it? in July, we began uh, team preparations for the trip to Japan. Um, we had a youth retreat at beach Point fantastic time for the youth group. Uh had a new day camp out. How many enjoyed that <clears throat> that 's a lot of fun. It was a blast. Uh, uh, we painted and recarpeted the kids room. August we uh, uh, hosted Walt Berger. He was here to minister, and one of my heroes in the faith, he and his wife ministered over fifty years had a women's retreat at Beach point, largest group ever, and uh, had Stephanie up to Stephanie Jones from South Carolina to preach in that. In September, a big thing happened. Uh, kind of the leadership team uh, put into motion the idea of uh, jumping to two services because our facility our, for kids' rooms were just maxed out. We didn't know what we could do. And so just, let's try it. And that started. We also had the Iglesia uh, Sunday and a fundraiser. It raised over $1,000 for the Iglesia. Uh, building, and still a lot of work needs to be done in that. October, uh, another Partners in Harvest I- event that I was part of, uh, not just at the conference, but I'm actually part of a leadership team, uh, and it was just an honor to be in a room, you know, there's like 20 or 30 of us, that literally these people lead m- huge ministries all over the world, and, and to set in on that uh, was such an honor for me, and, 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 and therefore an honor for you uh that we can be part of a worldwide movement that God is uh doing uh, uh stirring up renewal and uh revival all over the world some amazing things
1: what else out uh,
0: we had the cider mill uh harvest uh, outreach Which I heard was kind of (laughs) chilly, and uh, and we actually jumped to two services. Started doing two services just in October, November. Preached on the Kingdom of God. That also seemed to impact a lot of people. And uh, in line with that, sent our largest team ever on a mission trip—22 people, which uh, equals (coughs) uh, approximately. We were at um, a coffee shop ministry in Tokyo, one of the districts of Tokyo, which is a huge, largest metropolis. In the world, Tokyo and Yokohama uh, metro area, four times the size of Manhattan, okay, <coughs> New York City. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. But we were sitting there and uh, uh, this one ministry and kind of getting to know them, and they were sharing their vision. We were there to encourage and pray for them. And there was another guy who happened to show up, and he was from Texas, and uh, so we were trying to, we kind of got to know them too. And we told him, you know, we had a team of 22. And he's like, wow, 22 people come to Japan from Michigan? It's amazing. How big is your church? I had a little over 200. And he was about fell over. He says, yeah, 10% of your church is on a mission trip. Wow. <laughs> you know, and each church is 14,000. He was like, if we could get 10% of our church to go, wow. You know, I'm like, <clears throat> so there, there you go, mega church. <laughs> try, to, try to keep up <laughs> so uh, it's just an honor it really was an honor to, uh, and just an amazing blessing to be part of a church so given to, uh, to, to go and reach the world uh, and then of course this month we did the Christmas dinner and talent show which was a blast I had a lot of fun and, uh, and today we will be concluding the year of giving at the end of the service so in light of that we want to show a video celebrating the year of giving And then turn off the stage lights too because it helps us see it. Amen, brother. Give it away. It's the year of giving, and uh, yeah, one hundred and two thousand uh, dollars total giving. Lights, let there be light. <clears throat> there we go. One hundred and two thousand, over one hundred and two thousand dollars given away from the church. And I thought, well, what about that compares to how much was given to the church? And you know, I can explain the accounting if you want <laughs> in extreme detail. <laughs> but just to compare the amount of money that was given to the church for the church operating budget and the amount of money we gave away total uh, equals 50%. Yeah, 50%. And even if you total the total amount of all money that came to the church, now, so this would be all money like for the Japan trip and all designated funds. It still equals, 102,000 equals over 35%, uh, was given away. <clears throat> now, just to give you a kind of a context to understand this, from a church leadership or a church, uh, a pastor's conversation, <laughs> or if you read a book on how to do church, you know, churches are encouraged to strive for the goal of giving away 10%. And that's considered a, a, you know, a really generous church is a church that gives away ten percent. We gave away fifty yeah. percent. Boom, baby! Yeah. Boom! Yeah. Yeah. The godly love to give, and you are a giving church. The one hundred two thousand dollars those great missions. Uh, all the missions giving over forty four thousand for a church of this size. That's just that is over the top, ridiculous. I've actually had p- pastors. I tell them, they just go. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Like I know, that's pretty cool, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> so, the year of giving was never intended to be about the gift. It was about giving. And I think that's really how we celebrated it. And we truly are uh, a giving church. And we want that to continue. Although, you know, we're not going to uh, make sure that there's a gift every Sunday. Uh, you know, when there wasn't something, we'd, we'd do a gift card. But we still welcome and encourage you if you want to give something uh, anonymously and, and do it on a Sunday morning, we'll, we'll do that as often as you bring in a gift. We'll we'll celebrate that and give that away, and it, it would be my delight to see it continue as a regular thing from now on. <clears throat> and so, you're welcome to do that, uh, but it's really up to you. If you want it to continue, then you got to do it. <laughs> All right. Okay, uh, But we also want to learn how to give outside of the church and reaching out to others and loving on them. And so we're going to find ways to serve outside the church and encourage our, our life groups to, to uh, find opportunities to do outreach or you as an individual. And if you do something that reaches out, meets a need, serves someone outside of the church in any way, let us know, uh, fill out in the card or give us a call, uh, email the church, and we want to celebrate those things and, and maybe have testimonies or reports of somehow so that we can celebrate that as well and and so we kind of move in that direction another area that we want to move in a direction is uh, taking the focus a little off the presence that we give present like a gift like a Christmas present all right and and uh, move more toward the presence as in God's presence in our midst okay and focusing more on the presence of god in our church meetings as well as in our homes and of course most importantly we want to focus on the presence of of god and the holy spirit in our lives and uh, just just as a general uh kind of thing let's 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 not forget that we are and truly we are a presence based church and this is another kind of uh church leadership talk uh um, <clears throat> lingo um, you have different types of churches uh and uh certain churches and, and, and there's i don't believe and i'm actually pretty pretty uh i believe this firmly that there isn't a one right way to do church and i also you know uh that there's a vast amount of uh, liberty that God gives us, and how to structure a church. So I don't think we're better than a church that does it a different way, uh, and nor do I think they're better than us. It's just different, and you have different results. And, and there's plenty of different. There's 250 churches in Kalamazoo, and God's sovereign, and He wants to express His, His uh, Himself in 250 different ways. That's great, you know, because there's 250,000 people within our market area. So every church should be a thousand people. Boom, that's what I'm going for. <clears throat> so and if it's a little unevenly distributed, I'm cool with that. Alright, So, but we're a presence-based church and what that means is that we really do everything to um, <clears throat> emphasize or to pay attention, we pay close attention to how God's presence is uh is uh, is is created and maintained and celebrated in our meetings and our activities we give liberty uh for uh, the freedom of the holy spirit because we want to nurture that presence and uh it's kind of a you know some people are uncomfortable with it uh, I <coughs> mentioned that our church somebody and somebody was like this is scary and I'm like what, what do you mean scary well, it's so free i've actually had several people it's so it's too free i'm like Well, what do you want? Less freedom? Bondage, you know? Uh, I don't know. Um, But I'm used to it. You know, I've been doing church like this for a long time. Uh, And, uh... And you know we're very flexible, and, and there's a lot of room for like Bill's exhortation that he came up, or prophetic words, or praying in the worship service, because we're a presence-based church, as opposed to um, some churches more focused on activities or program-based churches are called, or some churches are actually facility-based churches, where the biggest uh, draw factor of a church is their their facility, uh, and and that works. You can draw a lot of people if you have. It. I knew of a church just a few years ago in, in the LA area. Uh, they spent what was it? I think it was fifteen or twenty million dollars building a building before they even started church. Yeah, they had some guy with a bunch of money, or a bunch of people with a lot of money, and they built this incredible building. And they filled it up, you know. (coughs) Build it, they'll come. (laughs) I don't have that kind of money, so (laughs) but I I know how to I know how to I know the presence. You know? I like the presence. So um we're growth oriented. Oh another another area is a lot of churches are doctrine based. You know, and we have doctrine. All right. A lot of people, especially when they're looking for churches, like, what's your doctrine? It's not on the internet. You know. And I go, yeah, I should get that up there, you know. (laughs) But it's not like like it's not that doctrines aren't important. It's just that, you know sometimes, you know, if you're too hard handed on particulars of doctrinal differences, uh, it it, it kind of can actually make God uncomfortable. <coughs> Preach it, freedom. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean I don't know what I believe. You know, but I'm not going to just, uh, you know, put that as a uh, high bar that you have to believe everything. Does that make sense? But some other churches do that, and that's great. You know, that that's their lead. That's what they lead with, and that's fine and uh, you know we can learn something from all those we're growth oriented this is kind of I want to talk about where we 're going for the next year. you know we are growth oriented I want to see the church grow, and I take that into consideration about everything we do, but we're not growth obsessed you know I have no emotional uh, investment into the number of people that show up on a Sunday morning. Really, it makes me happy you're here, but if you as one person or if you as two hundred people. You know, it is funner to have a full house, you know, but I'm not like emotionally invested. I'm just glad Jesus is here, yeah. All right? right? <laughs> Isn't that, that's what we are, right? right? So that's great, but the more there, more there are, the merrier, right? And, and the reason we want more is because God loves each and every individual in our city, in our region, as much as He loves us, and we want to share that love with everyone. We want to be innovative, but not trendy, you know, I like being innovative, cutting edge, trying new things, but... We don't have enough money to do <laughs> everything we want to do and, you know, we don't do it for, for the, just to be, for the sake of innovation, you know. We do it if it helps create, uh, more of the presence, you know, that we celebrate God's presence in our midst. Spirit-led, but also, uh, people and family friendly. You know, we are a spirit-led church. We're a charismatic church. We're a church that believes in all the manifestation, which we believe in more than you even can imagine. (laughs) More than you see around here. You know, I want it all. I want everything God does. But at the same time, uh, I want to be a church. I want this. I want New Day and we want New Day to be a church that is welcoming and inviting. To uh, individuals and families, uh, you know, and so there's a balance there, and sometimes that's hard to balance the freedom, but also, you know, the kids' church can't go three hours, you know, in a, in a little room, and, and learning how to balance that, you know, I want <coughs> New Day to grow numerically, and everything we do, we do consider, we consider when when guests join us on a Sunday, because uh, every guest to me is is a gift from God. You know, and, and we honor them and want to show them respect. So, and for me, there's not a contradiction. Some people have this difficulty. There's not a conf- contradiction between a church that's open completely to the freedom of the Holy Spirit and, uh, attractive to unchurched people. When Jesus ministered, it was the non-religious people that drew, were drawn to Him by the thousands. Okay? Are you hearing me? And he didn't—he didn't hinder the Holy Spirit. He didn't have to tone down his messages. In fact, he spoke with authority that the religious leaders lacked, and people, unchurched people, non-religious people, were drawn to that. They were drawn to seeing demons cast out, and, and you know, miracles happen. I think it's kind of fun. So if we do it in the right way, but you have to do it in a way that's not offensive, and we just want a ministry that looks like Jesus' ministry. That's the vision for New Day, by the way, is a ministry that looks like Jesus' ministry. A ministry that's well-rounded and balanced and filled with people at every point in their personal journey uh, on their way to being closer with God. And every person, whether they've been a Christian for 30 years or three days, they feel welcome and they feel challenged. All right. And that's the real trick. That they're welcome, but they're also challenged to grow. Uh, we're going to start out the next year with an emphasis on our core values: uh, uh, the father heart, and intimacy, and uh, restoration of our, of our of our inner man. Uh, as well as uh, extending the kingdom of God, it's the acronym FIRE. We're going to we're going to spend a whole month of February uh, digging deeper into the area of healing and restoration, and really uh, understanding the need of getting our lives sanctified through the work of Christ on the cross. Um, I've already got, God gave me this vision for what to what to teach on, kind of the strategies for the next couple of months. Don't always have it that way, but He did this year. Uh, In March we're going to do a series on seed time and harvest and not just about financial issues but how that principle of seed time and harvest uh, affects every area of our lives. And then uh, in April we're going to talk about how to uh, spring into action or how to live out our faith in practical ways. Uh, at the beginning of this year, 2009, the leadership team, which by the way, uh, for those of you who don't know, we have a board of directors, some people in other churches would call those elders, and our board consists of uh, Chip Hines, Jerry Birch, uh, Seth Gerber, and myself, uh, and they are the, the oversight of uh, the church, as well as uh, the key leaders of the ministries that have a lot of people involved, and that would be... Um, Sarah is administrator, Sarah Gerber. Adam and Tara Shockley, they lead our youth. Tara leads the children's ministry. Adam's also a pastoral assistant helping out in a pastoral way. Graham and Joe McCaig. Uh, Graham is a teaching assistant. He preaches a preaching assistant uh, a lot as well as they lead our worship team. And they oversee all the missions work. So they're, they have a lot of people they influence. And uh, Bill and Marilee Menser, who... Uh, <coughs> MC uh, for service and are over our uh, our fusion ministry, which is the whole assimilation and the connection counter and the greeters. So that consists and, and Kathy, who is my wife. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> she's in the nursery. Uh, that's the leadership team and we, we all really didn't know what was going to happen this year. <laughs> yeah. We just had some ideas and like, let's just go for it. Let's, let's do the year giving. Let's, let's see what happens. We sent off uh, 10% of our congregation to South Carolina and Baltimore and, you know, and had to, all those families left at the beginning of the year. But God then just caused incredible growth to happen to the point where we had to go to two services. And we never would have expected 2009 to turn out the way it did. And uh, in the same way, listen, we don't know what's going to happen in the next 12 months, do we? You know, you don't know what's going to happen in your life in the next 12 months. But we do know a few things. One, God's faithful. We can cling to that. 1 yes. Corinthians 1.9 says, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Two, God does not change. James 1.17 says, Whatever is good and perfect, uh, uh, comes down from God our Father who created all the lights in heaven. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God doesn't change. He's constant. We can rely on Him. God intends for our good personally in our families and for this church. Jeremiah 29.11 says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. How many want a future? I want a hope. That's what God intends. And finally, God is able to bring to completion what He has begun in us. Personally, in our families, in our church, in our communities. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we know. And the rest is yet to be discovered. Amen. Seth's got some announcements. All right. All right, give Cameron a hand. That's good. I'd like to welcome any gifts this morning. I'm yep. Sorry, guests this morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have gifts for guests. First time guests can go back to the connection counter and uh, fill out the little